Welcome to the Art of the Dive. The international break is done. Players are flying home as we speak, and the game week starts on Saturday. I'm ready for game week 12. Jake, how are you, buddy? Ah, uh, crappy. Why? Uh, just, you know, the huge, usual. Just life in general? Just life in general. I will also clarify, Here I'm getting go. my house redone again um they're doing some more work so if there's any loud noises i do apologize today's been much quieter than usual though so i think it'll be okay we had that one pod that we did i I don't i think it was like last spring or something where they were like i don't know what they were doing it was just like a bunch of construction workers i don't know they were like cat calling you like the whole Mm -hmm. time and just like using jackhammers like on the side of your house that they didn't need to be using like it wasn't even a tool that was appropriate uh, uh, for for the job they were they like they were painting the side of the house with a jackhammer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna be one of those days, but that might be in the near future. We will see. Hey, what's up, pretty boy? Like when I jackhammer the side of your house like that, like the yeah. whole time. And then you were distracted because they were cat calling you. Yep. Yeah. What would somebody even say if they were cat calling you? You're walking down I, the street. You know, construction I don't know. worker. It's never happened to me. Hard hat. Yellow vest, overalls, no shirt underneath, obviously. Mm-hmm. What do you think he'd yell? Um, <laughs> I, I don't All right, I don't let's know. forget it. Send in, send in your best cat calls for Jake. That's what we're doing next week. No. That would be so fun. <laughs> this is uh, going to be bad. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Okay, so... Um, Let's uh, let's get into it. I mean, we, we kind of waited a little bit to get into the pod just because um, the last round of international break fixtures led to some players getting hurt, uh, some players getting um, getting kind of like held out because of COVID, um, and then some players that were rotated as well. And so we kind of wanted to wait and try to get a feel for what was going on. Uh, probably a good thing we did with all this like kind of injury news. We, we got a lot from Liverpool. Jurgen revealed kind of a lot about the team, and um, and so. We also have some other things to talk about today with some coaching changes that we haven't really had a chance to talk about yet. Um, and then this kind of this rush for Spurs players. You know, what are we doing with Jamie Vardy? You know, five at the back now. Is that a thing that people are doing? What's going on really with Arsenal? Because they've had a good little run lately. So a lot of stuff to cover today, Jake. I thought we'd start with a big picture question from Kenny. And it's a pretty long question, but I'm going to read the whole thing because he, he sets it up uh, well here. So... Kenny writes in, I've been trying out different strategies within FPL to gain some ground both at the end of last season and primarily this season with one of these being upside chasing as described uh, by uh, Ladder Sir, who is that? Ladderizer. Uh, Ladderizer. Oh, Ladderizer. Yeah. Okay. The, the FPL account. Whereupon high impact premium players are transferred in or out targeting fixtures for maximum effect. Attempting upside chasing, I found myself making transfers to the debt to my detriment as it doesn't always pay off and I have been left with a non-playing bench when it was needed. I seem to be crashing with an OR of 1.5 million. Not sure if I'm doing it completely by the hook, uh, by the book, but I am not having much success with it. In other fantasy games, however, such as Bundesliga, the, which one is that? Elite Syrian? Oh, is that the Elite Norwegian Sir? League? 
I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I approach these with a different method. I found an analogy uh, to it in my bodybuilding career with a strategy from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, whereupon the weakest parts of the body are prioritized. In these other fantasy games, this is the tactic I apply in that I replace the weakest player in the team and eventually... As a whole, the team strengthens. As a comparison to the upside chasing tactic, my mini league placings are much higher in those in, in these other games. What do you guys feel about this strategy of targeting the weakest rather than rotating the strongest components? I think it's a, it's like a great question. It was brought up. Uh, we brought it up on the pod last year, like at the very start, because a lot of people were talking about like you know game theory and what the best way to play a game like this might be. Um, and I gave my opinions then, and I'll repeat those same opinions now. I think in order to win FPL, if you want to finish number one, you are going to have to be incredibly lucky, not have a lot of injuries or red cards or rotation with your team, and then you probably need to play that upside chasing game, like at least at some point in the season where you're trying to just nail the top player with the with the top matchup and because you have to right you have to hit a few of these like big games to really make giant jumps on the other hand uh, i'll say the way i play the game is not like that at all and if you want to have consistent finishes i don't think this is the way to play the game i think trying to strengthen your weakest points is probably a much more viable, more sustainable, and long-term a more successful strategy to to make sure you're you're beating the average every week and growing slightly, or excuse me, decreasing. I guess your overall rank. Jake, do you have opinions on that? Yes, I'm going to throw out a little conspiracy theory. Here, here we go. Buckle up. I think that the strategy upon which Kenny and Ladderizer mm-hmm. are commenting on is a fantastic strategy a couple years ago but things change very dramatically from like season to season in every sport right um we talked about it last year with the whole covid situation and the like the no fans and how there is a lot more goals um this year obviously that's one big change is that there are fans again as well there's also a big change in the fact that they're not trying to call all these like flops in the box so i do think the pks are way less down although i don't pull any stats on that because i obviously didn't prep for this pod and didn't know that kenny's question was coming up here facts Facts. i think that if i were to say what is going on and changing in the game right now a lot more emphasis is placed on rotation and keeping players as healthy as possible, which means these really big heavy hitters like Harry Kane that play all these games, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, it's harder for them to be consistently good. And not to mention those players are getting older. Yeah. You know, like if, if Holland was in the premier league, maybe that's a little bit of a different story, but you know, we notice year after year lately, it's wingers like Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Sun, those are the ones that consistently do well. And the problem is they're going to get rotated here and there. And so I do think a little bit more of a balanced team and like replacing the weaker link is probably going to help you. And like you said, I mean, at some point you're going to have to take gambles if you want to finish first through 10th or just be extremely lucky. Um, but I don't think that's a good move anymore to be just targeting these high impact premium players unless your team is otherwise like pristine yeah yeah i mean um there's already been right there's been a ton of rotation anyways this year the other argument could be made that if you could sort the middle of your team out 
um, just to play devil's advocate here, there's so many high performing, like mid priced players this year, you know, quite a few decent midfield options, quite a few decent forward options and a ton of defensive options. Right. Um, so you could make an argument that like, if you could sort the rest of your team out, then it would make more sense to kind of play that upside chasing game. Couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah, but I guess it's just it's hard, right? Because the team's always rotating and you're always struggling, right? To make sure that your team's healthy and and that you have good coverage for rotation. And yeah, it's it's tough. I like your point too. I don't know, like I don't know how much it has to do with this actual argument, but it's an interesting point that you made about the fact that like in the prem, especially in the last, I mean, it's always been a thing, but I think more so with the introduction of all these additional cup games where these these top teams are playing. I don't know, like 40, 50 matches in a calendar year. And they like have to rotate to keep their players healthy. But it's kind of like an interesting point that, you know, a player like Kane who never gets rotated is probably very consistently going against like rested players. That's kind of like an interest. That's an interesting thing that I had never thought about. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got to be tougher. I mean, they talk about it in the American football sense as well. You know, there's burnout in the running backs at such a young age because they're the ones getting hit every single play. Right. You know, while a wide receiver can last longer. I think I think it definitely is changing. And soccer, even like five six years ago, is nowhere similar to what it is today. Yeah. Um. Just like on that note, what's a reasonable rank target at this point in the season? So we, we've done eleven game weeks. We're going into game week twelve. Um, so it's kind of the the one third point of the season or something like that. Do you, do you have like is anything still possible, Jake? Or you know, or is now the time to start kind of rewriting the script for yourself and saying, all right, here's what I'm going to try to go for. Um, I think it's still pretty possible to make very large um, increases. You've you've done that before. I mean, maybe not winning the league, but even if you're greater than a hundred a hundred k. Um, I think it's still reasonable to consider that you could be in the top 10K at the end of the year if you do everything right and you've saved your chips. Um, but obviously, different goals for different people. I think if you're in the top 10K, you're doing fantastic. Either, I mean, you could definitely still end up first. Um, so I think it's not, not too early to rewrite what your plans are. But, you know, there's still half of a season to go. Yeah. I wrote this one too. I just, this was a question for me. Like, is 10 so whenever you ask other FPL managers like managers what do you want you know what are you shooting for this year they all say oh top 10k top 10k that's what I want to get why why is it why is that the number is it just like that's kind of become the standard for some reason but each year we've had like another in the last five years we've had another half million players added to the game you know every year after Um, so there's more players I think there's more like quote serious players there's way more access to content. I mean, every single person in the FPL community has a podcast now. Every person writes articles now. Everybody's doing something because they like it. I'm not bashing it. Just everybody likes it, right? And so, like, is 10K actually, like, a realistic target rank? It's probably a better question for someone that's better at this game. Yeah, that's I mean. true. I shouldn't ask you. That was bad. That was bad. <laughs> it was a little unfair to even ask you that question, really. Yeah. I don't know. I would think like top 50K would be good, but... <laughs> yeah, like for me, that last two years, that's kind of been my mark is like, all right, top 50, like it's not bad. I, you know, it's not... I've had better ranks, but like, yeah, I mean, I felt like I played pretty well and made sound decisions and 
I don't know. That's like kind of where I am at right now too. So I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> just something to think about for people. I don't really know if people set goals. I think it's kind of dumb to set goals in FPL. Like you just play as best you can and, and you, you either do well or you don't, I guess. I don't know. Um, two other big things, uh, manager changes that we haven't really discussed. So uh, Gerard going to Villa, Conte going to Spurs. Um, I thought just, you know, we don't know exactly. We've seen Conte a little bit. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Gerard. Um, he's come out and said, first thing he wants to do is kind of sure up the, the defensive side of that team. Are there any assets? Let's start with Villa quickly. Um, you know, Gerard's known kind of attacking possession-based style. He used a lot of 4-3-3, um, sometimes like 4-2-3-1 or 4-1-4-1, which are just, they're basically 4-3-3 variations and they morph often depending on, on where you are on the pitch. And then they like to press pretty high up. Um, are there... Are there any assets, like, are there any Villa assets that are suddenly like, oh, I would consider him? For me, not really. I'm just saying that ahead of time. Uh, but for you, anybody? Um, I don't really like their fixtures coming up. Um, I don't really like a lot of their midfielder um, defenders. So I guess Ollie Watkins would be the only yeah. one I'd be a little bit monitoring, but no, not really at this point in time. I It's a wait and see approach. Okay. Um, I, and I agree. Yeah. But the, the other one is Spurs, right? So mm-hmm. Conte likes to play with a, you know, a three, three back with wing backs or, f- or five back system, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's been some talk that maybe they will be a bit more attacking now in the FPL community. This has been huge. This whole, like, got to get Sun and Kane in. You know, and like, we haven't seen anything from either of them. Of course, Kane scored like, whatever it was, 93 goals in two matches or whatever. Like, he played like a youth, a U11 team from like a country I had never heard of, you know, and like banged all these goals and everyone's like, get Kane in. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Kane is going to continue to play as he has. I think he only has one league goal, doesn't he, on the year? One or two, yeah. Yeah, so like it's it's gonna get better, right? Than what it is, um, and I think with Kane getting better, so too will Son, and I do think they'll attack a little bit more. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the like which of those two players maybe we kind of like, but are, how about are, are there is there anything? Are you considering Spurs? Let's just hear that part for now, and why are you considering them, or why not? Um, I am considering Spurs. I'm still staying away from their defense. Um, I just think there's so many other better options as yeah. of right now. But Son and Kane are interesting to me, mostly just because their fixtures change, right? Like they play Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, who's been really bad defensively of late, and Norwich. Yeah. Um, the The problem for me is Kane is such a reach, and Son is also kind of in this weird price point for me. Um, so I may just bite the bullet and just stay away because of the amount that I'd have to tear up my team to get there. Uh, it might be feasible. Um, so I'm going to kind of see what, what they do against leads and then possibly consider them. Um, but you know, their fixtures, their fixtures do change like a little bit. Um, in the fact that they have Leicester, Liverpool, Crystal Palace, 17, 18 and 19 and Crystal Palace has been not bad so i might also just hold off for the next like four game weeks and just hope they don't you know you know maybe people mess up by bringing them in is what kind of i'm hoping and i just keep to doing what i'm doing and 
move up that way. Yeah, because what you've been doing so far has been working pretty well. <laughs> it hasn't, but it, but it, again, it was. I still think that the early wild card was a huge detriment to me in the fact that there was a lot of changes after that game week three that I just I couldn't do because I was right. only taking one or two moves a week, um, and that's just I. I it kills me every year. And yeah, it's it the shouldn't third, have happened. I was going to just say that third year in a row that you said you weren't going to yeah. play your wild card early. Third year in a row that you ninja played your wild card. Like, didn't tell any <laughs> of us. And we're just like, surprise, bitches, play my wild card. Like, we were going to be like, oh, my gosh. And instead, we were all like, yeah, we fucking knew. Like, we knew you play yeah. your. We knew you were going to do that because uh, you've done it. Uh, you're a creature of I habit, did, Jacob. I did put in my um, office a do not use your wild card early 2022 sheet. Okay. So I'm hoping that will um, eradicate the mistakes of my past. Oh, man. Well, I, I really hope that helps, Jake. Um, we didn't actually, because this is our first pod that we've done since the last game week, we didn't talk about like how our teams did. Do you want to just like really, should we just brief, like really quickly go through our teams? Yeah, we can. All right, you go first. Um, not a great game week for me. Surprise, 46 points. Um, the average looks to be 42. I didn't pull up the top, um, 100K or 10K. I can pull that. Um, I just got a return from James, um, Sala, who I captained, and Rafinha. So, the, the Chelsea losing the clean, I think they lost that pretty late in the game, really did hurt, uh, as I have three Chelsea defenders right yep. now. And I was worried about that against Burnley, because Burnley just always yeah, seems like, to screw it was right me over somehow. It was right at the end yeah, of the match, yeah. Right at the end. I mean, it's good for like the table, in the sense that it's going to be a very interesting end of the year, I feel <clears> like. <throat> but yeah, not great for me. And and the forwards, it's just like, I can't get my forwards right. Um I'm holding on to Antonio and Vardy for now, but I'm I'm thinking of moving Vardy back out. He's he's been unlucky, I feel like. You know, I've watched him play against Arsenal. He got injured against Brett F- Brentford, and I think he even got like an assist taken away against Leeds yep, too, but did, yeah. they're just they're just he's too much money right now with what he's producing. What about the fixtures though with Vardy? I was going to just bring that up. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's like he had good fixtures and he kind of squandered them. And then after Chelsea, he has four more. So like, I want to hold them. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be worth holding him. I just don't know what to think of Lester. They've been very up and down. Hmm. Um, all right. Should I do my team? Yeah. All right. Oh, by the way, Top 1K was 62.8 points. Top 10K was yeah. 61 points. And top 100K was 58. So it was a pretty rough game week for me as well. Um, I thought I was going to fly this game week. Like I thought it was going to be a huge game week because I started off that first game, I think, was was City, right? Didn't they play first? Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. first thing in the morning, right? So I got yeah. I, I uh, Southampton got the clean. I had uh, Livermento uh, starting, and then um, City play, and I've got Cancelo, and mm-hmm. uh, and he had two assists um, and a clean sheet. And so I thought, like, how could I get a red arrow? And every time I think that, you know, then it, it fails. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it was. I am actually surprised. I feel like mine is the no Cancelo, but for you, I don't know how. Do you, you have Reese James too, right? Yep. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, That's I don't crazy. know, man. I, I really don't know. Because then I also had a return from Rafinha, uh, yep. and I had Salah captained. Um, 
I mean, nothing from anybody else, but obviously the Sanchez red card's no good, but um, what are you going to yeah. do? So, anyways, uh, yeah, game week rank of 1.6 million, final points 53, uh, red arrow of about 10,000. Um, so, not, it wasn't like detrimental. It was just like, I got a red arrow in every league, so it's stupid. But, all right, let's... um. Let's look at oh let's look at the dive the hive the hive dive hive dive. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'll pull them up right now. No, I don't want that. Yes, log in. Okay, uh dive dive team um did decent this week. Um sixty-three points, game week rank of four hundred and ninety-one thousand. Um returns from let's see, Ramsdale, James, Alexander Arnold, Smith Rowe, Gallagher, Salah. Um, so pretty solid um, performance by the the squad. The highlight of the uh, of the dive team was, I believe, the points on the bench. Let me double check that. Yeah, so Rafinha first on the bench. Uh, oh wait, let me rewind. Foster with eleven points in the goalkeeper slot. Rafinha <laughs> nine points first on the bench. Cancelo with fourteen points second on the bench, and Livermento third on the bench with six points. That Oof. that is incredible. That's a big oof. I think it's 40 points, isn't it? Yeah. Quick it's maths. better than my team. Your bench was better than my team, Team Hive. Jesus. So sad. So sad. Um, Wilson writes in question for the pod. What will make Bobby cry? Or Bobby Love cry more when Marco finishes higher than him or when I do again? <laughs> <laughs> Both, Wilson. Both will make Bobby cry. And it doesn't matter which one makes Bobby cry more because if Bobby's crying, we're all happy. Um, let's quickly look at leagues and then we'll, um, we'll take a short break. Deal? Yeah. All right. Um, let's do a dive and PSL Super League. Um, I'll do the league dive right now and then you can do top five of PSL Super League. Um, in 10th, uh, it is, is what it is. Uh, in ninth, Super Super Frank. In eighth, uh, Sam Tiago Munez. In six, it's as easy as that. Uh, good one. Uh, in six, our techers uh, in fifth, mix bricks in fourth, uh, sala bing sala boom in uh, third, black lives mata uh, in second, hdfc and in first, it's still izzy wizzy get one busy uh, with 68 points this week uh, in an overall rank of 1829. Jake, PSL Super League. All right, um, man, some good scores up top. Number five, Netflix and Chillwell, Matthew Hall. Number four, Wet Ass Pookie, uh, Bobby Love. <laughs> so fun. Number three, <laughs> Better Hobby, Marvin Andre. Number two, The Art of the Hive, tied with The Art of the Dive, um, both at 744 points. So Dang. with that major, I mean, a fantastic bench. Who's that first, though? Who's first, though? Who's actually first? You're first. Yeah, right. You're first. That's right. Number one, number one. Um, yeah. All right, that was good. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a handful of questions about the game week. Um, we'll ham- we'll hammer through those. We'll talk about captains and kind of like some some big players, some things with the Spurs stuff. What we're doing with that. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the second half of the pod. Quick shout out to the Patreon members. Those are the folks that provide a little funding to keep everything going on our end. I really appreciate all those people. Um, If anyone would like to join that, we'd really appreciate it. If you listen to the pod a lot, it just helps us out, helps us cover costs, um, 
helps Jake and I afford uh, a couple beers when we get together. It's kind of a good deal for us. Appreciate it. Um, Patreon.com, The Art of the Dive. Uh, you can DM us on Twitter uh, or email us at theartofthedive at gmail.com. Uh, let's get into the second half of the pod, Jake. Um, Bobby Love wrote in, he wants us to do Lost in Transit in uh, Translation, Minge, he says, and it rhymes with ginge as in ginger. Bobby Love, I we know what that means. That's that's a word we know, and and you're being vile, honestly. You're being you're being inappropriate, and I just you know me, I'm a very appropriate person, and I don't appreciate that. All right. So we're not using that word then? <laughs> no, we're still going to use it at least once. <laughs> the second okay. half of the pot. Um, all right. I pulled a um, a goals proje- a little goals projected uh, graphic there. I threw it up on our, our Twitter. I retweeted it the other day. Um, FPL Chase put it up. It was a cool little graphic, so I thought I would share it. Um, and uh, he, he, he put up um, kind of projected goals for EPL teams. Um, and then the odds, uh, the probability of them scoring certain amounts of goals. It was just a visual that I hadn't seen before and I kind of liked it. So going into this game week, it looks like Liverpool's the highest ranked for projected goals at 2.5, City at 2.4, United at 2.2, Chelsea at 2.1. Um, and then we get sub twos with Southampton, Brentford, Spurs, West Ham, Crystal Palace at 1.4. Everybody else is underneath that. Um, kind of an interesting one. Everton right now is the lowest um, at 0.7 and Leicester City at 0.8. And then um, it was, I just, I liked that he also included like the odds of scoring like multi-goal scoring games. So like Liverpool's odds to score one goal is uh, is like almost non-existent. Um, their odds to score, or excuse me, zero goals, right? Their odds to score one goal is like 0.2. Uh, to score two goals is 0.26. To score three goals is 0.21. Uh, four goals, 0.14. And five goals is in a color that's very hard for me to see, but it's a small amount given the numbers that are left. Um, so just kind of an interesting visualization or graph. Check it out on our Twitter um, if you want to see it yourself. Kind of cool. Um, Poor Arsenal. <laughs> uh, what? Poor Arsenal. I mean, I feel like Arsenal have been playing well, but you know, Liverpool's set to dominate them, I guess. Yeah, we can only hope. Um, <laughs> let's get into some questions. I think the one to probably start with, Jake, is the Sun versus Kane debate. Um, a lot of people are jumping onto Spurs here. I, I guess for me, I will admit right now that I have played with some potential moves here. I have two free transfers right now. And so I'm trying to kind of figure out, like, do I try to get on this whole Spurs thing early? Everyone else is getting on them. Do I need to? I guess the first question I would just ask, no stats, Son or Kane? Son. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I have to agree. Um, why, what's your re- – do you have a reasoning behind it? Like, again, just no stats, just like this is why I think. I just don't see Kane, like, outperforming Son by that much, and he's too po- – Two million more, yeah. right? Like, I think he's exactly two. You know, okay, one point nine million more. Um, so that's tough. That's just tough to argue for me. Uh, as a, he has one goal and one assist, and it's not like Everton are good. They went, you know, right. I don't, I didn't watch the game, but it was zero zero. It's like Everton's defense has been atrocious. Yeah. Um. So I just, 
nerve wracking. I mean, I know the rest of the teams they're playing are probably even worse coming up, but that's a lot to spend on someone. Yeah. Sun, I mean, not to be that guy, but like just quite simply has more goals, more assists, higher expected goals, uh, higher expected assists. Um, you know, obviously higher expected goal involvement because of that. But then also some of the other things that like I like to look for too. So he's, he has like, and he's played one more game than Kane um, in, in defense of this argument, but like, or, or I guess, and in like, uh, as opposed to this argument, but like he has way more touches total. Um, and then he also has way more final third touches, which is a big one for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I mean, I, I lean towards sun. I guess the, the, the problem is, I think for some people is team structure, isn't it? Because very few people have, so everybody has Salah, right? But very few people have Salah and another highly priced midfielder that makes it easy to jump to Sun, right? Yep. Yeah. And so, but a lot of people do have Ronaldo or not Lukaku anymore, but Vardy, you know, like a player that they can jump straight to Kane. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, where a lot of people are kind of getting hung up. I personally prefer Sun if you could pick one of the two. Um, and I agree with you. I think the money saved is going to be really helpful. Um, so that's that's kind of my thought. Um, anything else on that, Jay? Because that is a big conversation right now that people are having. No, I don't think anything else. Um, I just, to me too, it's like I know Vardy has been really bad, but like he's shown he can do it before. He has just as good of fixtures, maybe not for quite as long, but I just don't really want to spend that extra money right now. Yeah, I think you're going to get similar performances between like Vardy and Kane. Right. And so like, why not just, if you, if you feel the need to have a, a high, higher priced forward, like why not just have Vardy and then, um, yeah. yeah. And then have son like good to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get to him though. I will admit that like with my team, for example, I look at it and like, I don't know that there's actually a route unless I move Vardy to get son in, you know, like I, I just, there's too much value tied up in Vardy for me to do it um so yeah and i think that's a, re- a more reasonable way to do it it's kind of a pain because you're taking out a player who's got good fixtures still but yeah. i think that's still the way i would rather approach it like i'd rather bring in like a mid mid-priced forward problem is the mid-priced forwards have really not been doing very well except maybe jimenez right. um not a terrible option for like three weeks but it's just that's such a short window yeah. I, I don't think it's really worth it yeah, that's what I'm struggling with right now with my team. I haven't decided yet. Um, yeah, I've been looking at Vardy down to somebody and then moving like Damari Gray up to Sun um, mm-hmm. with my two freeze. But um, I just don't know yet. Uh, we'll see. Um, who is the mm-hmm. best Spurs wingback to get in from from the Virgin? The Virgin asking about the wingback. Thoughts on that? Boy, there's I haven't gotten a chance to really read too much of the articles yet, but um, there's a lot of talk about um, oh man, what's his name? Royal? Is it Royal? Yeah. Um, but I would have to do a little bit more of a deep dive into that. I think the problem is, is like Chelsea, Livermento, and Cancelo have been so good. I, I mean, I guess I could think about moving Rudiger to him. Um, don't really have the the time to do that as of right now. I've also considered like a little bit of a differential in Loris because like I've had such a bad run with my keepers. Okay. Um, that would be another thing I would consider to get into the the defense back there. But 
Yeah. My understanding is that Regulon's got some of the better attacking, the more forward stats of of those mm-hmm. wingbacks. Um, that he they both play like kind of equally probably in terms of heat maps and equal positions, if you will, up the pitch. But I do think Regulon probably gets more service into the box. Uh, his expected goal involvement's a little bit higher. Um, and I don't know. Though I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of Spurs, but those that have I tested him have said he looks to be the, the slightly more attacking of the two players. So. Um, yeah. I think this and same price. Yeah, 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 right, right, same price. So, like, why not just go with him? So, uh, who are the key transfer targets in order to make the most of the congested festive period between now and game week twenty one? It's a good question. So, there are a ton of fixtures coming up. Um, it's going to be we're going to get into that zone here where it's like we've got the double, you know, like the two game weeks in one in one week or whatever, or in ten days. That's going to be starting pretty soon, which is just insane. Um, and really hard to keep track of in terms of key transfer targets. I'll start with this. I mean, we say it every year, but I do think this time of year, it is good to have some players that, you know, are off your bench that, you know, are going to play um, so that you're comfortable with a little bit of rotation. Um, but are there players right? Like going into this, I'll give you one right now that I'm looking at. Um, and that's um, Calvert Lewin when he's healthy. Um, he's supposed to be pretty close. I don't know, like I got to do a little research on the details, but, um, like if you look kind of like mid December, so after their match against Chelsea in game week 17, so 18 to 26 looks pretty good. Um, Leicester, Burnley, Newcastle, Brighton, Norwich, Villa, Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton, um, which I kind of like. So that he's a player that I'm looking at kind of mid December, um, but they have kind of some rough fixtures now. And so I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to do it now. So we have City, Brentford, Poole, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, and Chelsea in the next six, which to me, those are pretty tough games given the way that Everton have been playing. Um, so he's a player I'm looking at. Is there anybody that you're kind of looking at like a good target, Jake? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been looking a little bit more in the midfield. I think the balanced midfield super helpful. Um, I think Smith Rowe is interesting still. Um, Bowen and Bowen's a little bit tougher because they're still going to be playing a lot of games. Um, so he may miss out. So it kind of depends on the rest of your team. But I do like him a little bit more than Smith Rowe. And then even like Brighton Trossard is an interesting player in that mid range price. So I think that when you have guys like that that aren't having to play a lot of the extra games. They're going to be good to have. They've, you know, gotten a lot of chances. And as of right now, it's like they're they're outperforming a lot of higher price midfielders. Yeah, and it's it seems that most people right now probably have five defenders that are good and are, are yeah, they might rotate a little bit. You know, like you think of Chelsea defense is going to rotate a little bit. City defense is going to rotate a little bit. For the most part, Poole stays pretty consistent with their players. That's why I do like going into this festive period having VVD. Before this, I was really pissed kind of about not going with Trent. I, I had the money to do it and I went with, with Virgil. Um, but I, I do think Virgil is going to be good going into that time. And then Livramento is like a nice fifth midfielder, right? That you know is going to play almost every game week. Um, and I agree with you. There, there's so many of these like kind of mid-priced midfield players and mid-priced forwards that you can kind of go after that they maybe won't have as, as many matches and and um, and will play every game week. So, all right. I like that. It's a good question. Um, speaking of those mid-priced then, Wilson asks, what about Gallagher versus Jota? So, Chris says, 
it also asked about Jota. Is he going to be uh, a success with Bobby Chicklets out? Or is he going to blow a ton of a ton of chances, a ton of chances? I don't know. And, and be about as useful as a lead balloon. Lead balloons can be useful if you're tying them to people's feet and throwing them into a lake. Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've been wrong about Joe to like every time I've had him or not had him this year. Um, man, I just, I, I think like Jota's would be way better. Um, but Gallagher just tends to get these like goals. I, I don't really think that his underlying stats are better than Jota's. So I'm sticking with Jota, but the price point's nice. I mean, Gallagher is still under six, six million. Um, so it kind of depends what you're doing with the rest of your team too. Yeah. Jota does have a slightly better expected goal involvement. They're, they're almost the same. Their XGI is yeah. like about five for both of them. Um, and Jota has uh, four goals and an assist, and Gallagher has four goals and two assists. So um, pretty close. Like, I mean, I guess if I look at some of this other stuff, I haven't actually compared these two that much. Um, yeah, like Jota has way more penalty area touches. Um, mm -hmm. I think he has more total touches. No, he's a little bit less total. He has less total touches because of where he plays. So Gallagher plays a little deeper, doesn't he? Plays like in yeah. the midfield a bit more. I mean, he gets forward, but Jota's getting the ball in in, a, in slightly more attacking areas. But like Gallagher has way more final third touches than Jota does. I think Jota's on the end of a lot of service compared to Gallagher, yep. right? Yeah, I agree. And that's what's really tough about those players. But I'm honestly looking at targeting both. I'm thinking of moving my lowest midfielder up to Gallagher. Um, this is probably going to be a two-switch thing for me where I dump a defender down or, or Vardy. Yeah. All right. I like that. It's another another good question. Um, the other thing I just wrote in here is when we're talking about Jota, we do have this question of like, is it better to have Jota, Salah, and a Liverpool defender or double Liverpool defense plus Salah? That's one thing I've been trying to figure out. Like, Because I could go, like on my team, for example, I could go Jota down to Gallagher and then use that fun to have, you know, Van Dyke and Trent. Trent. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Kind of a tough. Man. That's kind of a tough question, I know, because like, you know, you look at you look at performance right now. Obviously, Alexander Arnold and Jota are very similar in price. Arnold with sixty four points right now overall. Jota only with forty six. You know, you I kind of tend. I, I'm looking at it now. I kind of tend to lean towards Alexander Arnold. I think he'll yeah. get rotated just as much, or maybe even a little less. It would. I'd have to figure out though, like which player goes for him, and it, I'd probably try to move like, you know, like a Christensen or something like that, you know, um, mm -hmm. from Chelsea over there. What do you think? I think during the Christmas period, um, teams are a little bit more tired, so I do think like they're a little bit more likely to give up goals. In all honesty, yeah. so I would probably lean toward one defender, and I think Trent would still be it. But Van Dyke's not a bad option. He probably will equal out with the fact that he's still playing more games than Trent. Um, so I think again, financially, being Trent being like one million more, that's who I'm going to try to target. So I, I'm trying to decide: do I kind of do a three week period move where because Alexander's got kind of I. I I don't think Arsenal are going to score, but they have the chance to. Um, but they have such good fixtures. So I'm like really tempted on moving Vardy down, getting Trent in and moving a midfielder up. I think, you know, the question is what forward do I even move him to? 
at this point in time. And, and, you know, we've talked to, I talked in our friend group too, about the fact that Antonio is not a cheap forward. And, and honestly, I, I don't think he's a bad player, but he's got really tough fixtures and he's playing a lot of games and, you know, he's a player that, you know, you could consider moving off of a little bit when he's got, you know, after this week, he'll have Man City, Brighton, Chelsea, Burnley away, uh, Arsenal away. Yeah. Um, so if you're willing to like maybe move off of him for a little bit and then bring him back in, that's another player that you could drop down for like a cheaper, like Tony or, you know, even, you know, somewhere else. Yeah. Um, just speaking of the forward thing, we did get Penguin wrote in. Should we be looking at bringing Vardy in for Lester's good fixture run? Start of game week 13. That's the biggest thing I'm dealing with right now. I'm trying to figure out if I should just keep him or if I got to move him. Um, it's a good fixture run, but that's yeah. my biggest question. I don't really know how to answer it at the moment. Yeah. I mean, the the, the tough thing is, is like forwards have been just like a major yeah. disappointment. Yeah. Um, true. I mean, Vardy and Antonio are, are leading the way but like 60 points through like how many matches it's like been in week 12 i mean mean, that beats out that beats out most of the players in the game there's there's only three defenders with high three defenders have more points two midfielders have more points that's it that's fair but i guess when you're looking at like the the spread between like the other forwards near them for the prices it's not or the other forwards i don't know if it's the other forwards it's not too far away um well, i don't know so it's i mean like one of, i mean who yeah. who would you look at though you know what i mean like i guess like all right jimenez right he's been decent lately he's played every game except in game week eight he only played a couple minutes um he's at 7.7 so you'd be saving a lot but he's only on 43 points you know what i mean so like he's he's quite a bit lower 17 18 points less i don't know yeah just saying that's fair uh, that's fair yeah I'm still interested. There's a lot of people who have Tony and it's like, I feel like he's going to break out at some point. Like he, he hasn't yet with two goals and two assists, but I think he's going to break out at some point. Keep hoping for that. Yeah. (laughs) Keep hoping. Uh, Kenny writes in his five at the back. Now viable. We talked about that a little bit before. I think yes. Right. I mean, my, my current game week, I have five at the back in my current lineup. Um, If I don't make any, if I don't make any moves, that's what it's going to be. Um, yeah. So yes. Um, FPL booster writes in our, our is Abba really a sell? Okay, fixtures and pool don't look that great at the back. We haven't really talked about Abba this year, huh? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. Um, his he's just Arsenal. They get their they get their points elsewhere, and like Abba's a fine player, but he's very like fixture dependent, and so it's not just the Liverpool. But it's the Man United, you know, Everton, West Ham. I just don't see him doing that great. So it's like if you're going to pay that much money, it's a Vardy. If you have other fires to put out, I think that's fine to hold him. Um, you know, one week doesn't mean the end of the world if he doesn't get points for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, so two points, sex sounds just wrote in. I, we should have answered it like a minute ago when we were talking about this. But who is the best sub eight mil striker? So like, is Tony the best one? I don't know. I I think. I mean, I think Jimenez is still going to be very viable. It's just his fixture run is so brutal. Yeah. Um. So I think as of right now, yeah, it's probably 
it's probably Tony. You know, the only other thing that you also have to consider, like we talked about players that typically do well that aren't doing well to start the season, like Kane. Wood has like a relatively good brief fixture run um, for the you know the next seven eight game weeks, yeah. and he typically ends the season with like ten goals. So like I don't know if they're coming right now. You yeah, know? right. But that's a good. That's a tough player to move to too. Yeah, he's interesting. He's pretty consistent, right? I mean, he's got in his last four seasons 10, 10, 14, and twelve for goals scored. Um, yeah. And so you could see a world where if the fixtures are right and Burnley need to buckle down a bit here and get something. You know, like he could be the one to do it for him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like it. Um, top transfers in as of now, Regulon, Gallagher, Smith, Rowe, Son. Top transfers out, Gray, Benrama, Townsend, Saar, uh, which when Jim made this sheet, he said, suck it, Jake. Um, and then <laughs> Vardy. And then right now, I think there's kind of three main captain discussions. So, Sala, uh, Ronaldo, or like a Kane or Son move do you have any thoughts on the direction you're going right now i have it on Salah because i'm afraid to put on anyone else yeah i just still think arsenal like give up a lot of chances i mean yeah maybe not against watford but against like leicester they got shelled and so away from home it's Salah all the way for me there's no chance i i think there's no chance he doesn't score a goal yep that is what i think as well all right. Well, good. I guess there's not really that much more to cover. We should probably just get out of here. What, it, what you already made your move this week? Um. Yeah, it was Cancelo in, yep. and then I'm debating bringing Jota in for a hit. For a hit, who would you drop? Uh, Sar. Okay. So suck it, Jake. <laughs> um, I've got a couple different moves that I'm considering. I am considering moving Vardy. For like a lower price forward and then using that money to upgrade somebody like Gray, maybe to Sun. That was one move I looked at. Um, I also looked at possibly getting um, like moving Jota out to a lower priced midfielder and then bringing in Trent. But I'm kind of leaning away from that move. It seems very like lateral. Um, Yeah, those are kind of the two things I'm considering. I don't know. I have two free transfers and a couple million in the bank. Do you have a backup? Do you have backup Brighton for your goalkeeper? Yeah, I have so you're steel. Good. Yeah, so you'll find there. Yeah, so just... yeah, because it's like almost like this is a weird week to make a double move. I feel like I agree with you. Like it's almost like not needed at this this week. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if it is either. I mean, if I move, so Vardy plays Chelsea, right? If I move Vardy, um, then I'll want to use my second transfer. You know what I mean? Like, I want to use the funds to go into somebody else um, if that's Sun or whatever. But, um, you know, if I don't, then I don't know what I would do. You know, like, I'm not really sure what I would do if if it wasn't to move, like, Vardy and use the second transfer. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I have thought about, like, possibly dropping, like, maybe Rafinha down, you know, like, to another. Oh, man. God, he's, like, the best player in the the game. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I thought about, like, Gallagher. You know, like just yeah. going Rafinha to Gallagher and, you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty lateral, but the idea would be to free up a little bit more money. Um, that mm-hmm. would be like 0. 0.7, I think, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6. Yeah. So that's what I've looked at. We'll see. Um, all right. Uh, follow us on uh, Dive. Follow us on Twitter, DiveFPL. Um, you can email us if you have questions, theartofdive at gmail.com. You can download our podcast everywhere. 
iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Overcast, Podcast App, CastBox, everywhere. Um, we've got a couple of rando questions. So if you're not into rando questions, turn the pod off. Matthew Hall writes in, what is Jake's least favorite part of his job? And Marco, what is your least favorite part of yours? And if any others are on the pod, it's okay. We don't care. That's hurtful, but funny. Um, do you want to, sh- do you want to share your least favorite part of your job, Jake? Uh, I mean, we can, do you want to go first? No, I, I can tell it. you mine. mine's easy. I mostly really like mine, my job. It's, it's a ton of hours. Um, but the only thing that sucks is when you're putting, um, a lot of faith, uh, in the success of your job and your career in young people. Okay. I'm a, right. I'm a, I'm a football coach. That's my job. Right. And so like when you put all this faith into young people for them to perform and to train and to like, to do well and to, to be young adults and then they don't, it's really, really hard. Um, because you know, you think these people are like grownups or almost grownups and they're not. So, uh, it's tough. That's the hardest part of my job. I will admit, uh, Jake. Um, I think I got mine. I would say I never really expected as a veterinarian to have to be, you know, dealing with money so much. I think veterinarian care would get so much farther if there was a way to just do what you needed to do um and then like they build you later like hospitals do that's just something that i feel like as a medical professional it's not fair um i feel like a salesperson yeah that's tough yeah it's tough well especially when it's like people care about their pets and their pets really sick right like and then they're making decisions based on finances like i just don't think that's fair for veterinarians to have to deal with yeah yeah it's tough um fpl sexy writes in do you prefer to grow microgreens in soil as a medium or cocoa is it coir i don't know i think it's um i think that's um uh coconut like ground coconut like because you can grow you can grow um you can grow stuff in that it's like uh, it's very high nutrient content um Mm -hmm. i don't have coconuts where i live so when we grow microgreens we mostly do microgreens um in the winter time here because it gets really cold um up where i live and so we'll do it in our basement we have a big um huge like shelving unit with a bunch of grow lights on them so that we can have like some healthy you know access to good like you know home to greens um in the in the winter so yeah we do that and then we also grow we do a lot of sprouts like just grow them in mason jars that's kind of a nice way to do it. You can just throw it on all the food you eat. Um, so those are just grown like they don't need they don't need a soil. Jake, do you have a, a preference yeah. on that? I've been using aeroponics to grow microgreens, which has been going pretty good. Good for you. Um, FPL Virgin writes him, why does Jake think he is too good to express anal glands? Does he think he is better than the assistants at the vet clinic? I mean, I can answer this. Jake, is he's a great anal gland expressor. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at it. I yeah. would guess, yeah. You're not too good to do that. You'll express an anal gland if you need to express an anal gland, won't you? Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. Okay. Wilson writes in, I want to cash in my dissertation on Jake. I think she means dis, but I'm going to say dissertation. <laughs> Today, I will be presenting a dissertation on Jake. <laughs> um, she wants us to wish wish her good luck on a half marathon sh- that she's running on Sunday. Oh, yeah shit good luck yeah, good luck wow yeah here should we do like a part of the like so when she's running and maybe listening to the pod during the marathon should we like give it mm-hmm. like a thing yeah yeah wilson everything you've ever worked for comes down to this moment 
You are good enough. You deserve to win. Jake, say something now. You can do it. Why is it that like mine was kind of like inspiring and yours kind of sucked? Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. Um, all right. Uh, that's, that's it, Jake. Let's get out of here. Uh, it was a good pod. Good luck to everybody. Um, I hope the, the game week goes well. And we will talk to you guys next week. I'm Marco. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should dive. Minge. <laughs> ah, damn it. Minge. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs>